0: Welcome to Crackin' the Vault, a dive into Centrum's musical archive. I'm Peter McCracken, and today we'll be listening to the music and stories about Pedro Dimas, who died of COVID-19 last Friday. And to intensify the pain to his family, his son, Hermenegildo Dimas, died of the same thing four days later. They were both in isolation, so they died alone. Pedro was a fiddler and a composer from Echupio in the state of Michoacán. There is so much good music in the state of Michoacán in Mexico. There are string bands. Wanda's <laughs> There's harp bands, there's guitar music, Apache people in Michoacan lost a titan this week in Don Pedro Dimas, who passed from COVID-19. Sort of a brutal way to go down with no family around at all. Don Pedro was a quiet force, and he left a legacy which will last for sure. My friend, Lee Birch, invited me to come to Mexico to meet Don Pedro, and in 1986, I did just that. We met him at the Casa de Artesanias, where he had a booth where he sold crafts. He he made figurines out of straw. And uh, he brought us to his home. He was an unstintingly generous host. And I was exposed for the first time to the divine twin-fiddle music of the parapacha people, which became a lifelong love affair. We played music until the sun came up. Around the middle of the night, his wife came in with a huge platter of tacos. <laughs> I called Zadie Stavely to get some perspective on Tom Pedro's legacy.
1: I'm a reporter, I'm a journalist, and I lived for um, several years, I lived for about five years in Mexico after college. But also, I am the daughter of a fiddler, so I grew up around fiddle music, and that's kind of how I met Don Pedro, actually. So, my mom met him first. My mom, Judy Stavely, she, you know, plays mostly Appalachian fiddle, but she found out about some, you know, she she met Don Pedro and his family at Fiddle Tunes, I think. And um, she was really excited. She really loved the music. At that time, I was already living in Mexico, so she, you know, she told me about Don Pedro and she was really excited about learning Pura Pacha music. After she met Don Pedro, she, she asked me if I would go with her to Michoacán to meet him because she and some other folks from... California were going down there for day of the dead and, um, the Dimas family had invited them and said that they could come. And so my mom wanted me to go kind of as to help translating. (laughs) Uh, My mom speaks some Spanish, but she's definitely, she's not fluent. And, um, she wanted me to, um, to come. And I, as a journalist was really interested in coming. I had already, you know, written some articles about traditional, um, musicians, um, and I was learning to play son huasteco at the time. I was living in Mexico City. So we went together and um, we spent several days in Michoacán. We spent time in Morelia, um, the Dimas family, as they've done for so many people. They took us everywhere. They, um, Miguel, took us all around the lake, Lake Pátzcuaro. that we were there for day of the dead so on november 1st we spent most of the night in the cemetery and i remember that um his daughters in the cemetery the women were the ones that were mostly like taking care of the graves and 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 kind of sitting there and making sure everything was okay and it's beautiful everything is covered with marigolds and candles and beautiful and don pedro and his group were all you know were were playing music and so you could hear them i went with them for a little ways and they would play and people would say oh can you play for us and they would come play and it was all you know for free where they weren't charging they were just playing music for for the dead and for the families and then later we were back at the family grave with um the pedro's daughters and they laughed and they said, you could still still hear him playing far away. And they, they said, dad's still playing. He's probably gonna play forever unless we make him stop or something like that. There were several different events that happened. So one was um, a dance contest or a dance presentation where Don Pedro's uh, dance group played, I mean danced, and um of course Mirando El Lago played music. And then separately um, the the family had a, had a, a party to commemorate the passing of Fidel, the Tololoche player's dad. And um, it had been one year. It was the one year anniversary of his death, and so they had a um, a big party. We went to their. We you know there was a little procession through the street, and then we went to their house to to um, have the party. And there was music and everything that they do. Every part, every party, every gathering, just hanging out at home. Don Pedro gets out his fiddle, and they play. Don Pedro told me, he said, he's this amazing fiddle player, right? And he said to me, the fiddle is not my first love. The fiddle is my second love. My first love is dance. What happened was, and the whole reason why Don Pedro started playing Purepacha music. Is because he wanted to be able to dance, so they have lots of traditional indigenous dances and kind of a little bit stylized to to be able to present to to um, you know in competitions or kind of like to represent your town. And there are all these different dances from Michoacan from different towns, and each town kind of has their dance. And the one that most people know from Michoacan which has also been kind of taken to represent the entire state, is the Danza de los Viejitos, the dance of the old men. And, you know, people put on these masks and you can see them. In most baile folklorico um, um, presentations, you can see them do this, where they, you know, people put on these masks and then they curl over, they crouch over as if they were this, you know, all very old and had a curved back. And And then at some point they throw down their canes and dance faster And um, Don Pedro really wanted Ichupio to be able to to participate in these dance contests, but they didn't have a dance of their own. And so Don Pedro made his own dance, and his dance is the Danza de los Tumbis, the dance of the young people. Tumbis is how you say young people in purepacha. In that dance, they still wear masks, but the masks are not, they don't have wrinkles or anything on the masks and they dance standing straight up. Oh, 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 this story and he told it again in port townsend at fiddle tunes that you know he he made this dance and he would probably say like and for a long time they didn't the competition still didn't let us win like we would go to the competitions they would participate in the part in the competitions and the um, judges would disqualify them because it wasn't a traditional dance but then now that you know the dance he said now that the dance has been around for 30 years once it was around for 30 years they started considering it traditional but what i do know is that they started winning a lot of the competitions
0: your community in Tacoma, Washington. And we didn't know that in 2002 when Don Pedro came up with his son and his son-in-law to teach at the uh, Festival of American Fiddle Tunes. Uh, here's how we found out about it. I asked Bruce Reed to pick him up at the airport and get him out, in, out to Port Townsend, and here's what happened.
2: Well, okay, so the, it was... Uh don pedro and miguel and fidel okay came that year so we came out of the airport and we started driving down that road and all of a sudden it comes to the place where it says i-5 south to tacoma north to seattle right and don pedro reads off tacoma and he says to me uh well how far is tacoma and i said well it's just just down the road and he didn't say anything more about it but later after we got up to the house uh, one of the sons asked gave me a piece of paper with a name on it and asked me if I could find their phone number and this was his uh, nephew his wife's nephew in Tacoma so I found the number and they called him up That Saturday, the day before Fiddle Tunes, was Don Pedro's Saint's Day. And they had asked if they could ask their relatives from Tacoma to come up. And we said, sure. I had to go out for something. And when I came back... Well, at the time, the, the Folklore Society had lost their venue at the Grateful Bread. And they had eight risers that they had built stored at the Grateful Bread, so they needed a place to store them. And so we said, well, we'll store them in our new basement because it it wasn't yet full of stuff. (laughs) So I came back, and they had dragged all these out onto our back lawn because all the people from Tacoma had arrived. It was 35 people came from Tacoma, including the babies and including the dance troupe. And so I didn't know any of this, that he had a, you know, there was a whole dance troupe in Tacoma that had been studying Don Pedro's dances. So we had this party out in the backyard for about four hours. Don Pedro was uh, holding forth, playing tune after tune, and the dancers were dancing all in their costumes and everything.
0: And you, you said that uh, they're dancing Don Pedro's
2: dances these are dances that he choreographed? I believe so. I, I've, I've never totally understood that in, completely. I think, I think he definitely, I think he did though. And I think he definitely conceived them. I was just reading something on the internet in one of the tributes. It seemed like they were saying that, that Don Pedro had the notion of taking the old man's dance as a starting point, you know, which is a common traditional dance, with the viejitos and turning it into, and, and, and making it for the young men, the young people.
0: And then uh, you became friends with him and you went went down to Pachupil to visit.
2: Yeah, we finally went down there just a year ago, which I'm really glad we did. And uh, it, it wasn't clear we were gonna go. And at some point I just said, we've got to go. You know, you, you can't postpone visits to really old people.
1: powerful things to me was being able to see you know being at fiddle tunes and watching don pedro gets up and he he plays this huge crowd of people it's a concert and all of these dancers come in and dance dance la danza de los zumbis and they're all dressed up and everything and I don't even remember if he said this but I made it a point to say it as well that those dancers are from Tacoma. They're from Washington. They live there. And to me it's like his, Don Pedro's tradition because it's a tradition of people, it goes it goes wherever the people go. And the people who were dancing there, some of them were family members of Don Pedro's, others are from the community. Others might be from Michoacán but joined this dance group. Um, they have roots in Michoacán, but they live in Washington. Um, And so it feels to me like Don Pedro's traditions are now part of both the US and Mexico. To me, it's this. This is like so representative of everything about Don Pedro, right? Like, you think of traditional dance, and you think of it as something a lot of people think of it as something that happened a long time ago in the past, and kind of like stagnant. Like you can't change it, and Don Pedro is like his whole legacy, his symbol, what what he represents to me is is how traditional music is changing and and living and and breathing you know it's 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 it it lives in people and he created this dance of his own of for his own town but not only that his dance is called the dance of the young people and so he has all these young people dancing in it and they're um, they're representing themselves so the youth and like being alive again and then in addition it's just it's just the idea that, that, that that The dance and then all of the tunes that he composes, those are all in the tradition of um, traditional purepacha dance and music. But they're new, right? And they can always be changing. don pedro wrote tunes about he has a tune called adios california goodbye california from one of the times he came to visit he has a tune called um something like recuerdos del campo dos which is about lark camp camp two at this music camp in california like he has he wrote songs about kind of everything so he has a song about um el niño lloron and he told me about oh he wrote it because there used to be this kid that would be crying and wailing every morning (laughs) around his his nearest his house like a neighbor kid and so he he kind of incorporated that sound into his tune Was there i spent i i um he graciously agreed to to have me interview him and i interviewed him about his life and his work and um and was able to write a, uh, an article for feddler magazine about him It's interesting to me because in, in uh, Michoacando, Michocando, most of um you know, many of Don Pedro's family play music. You know, his kids play music, at least his sons play music, many of his um you know, he got his son in law to play music. Fidel Estanislado, who plays Tololoche with them, who plays the bass, he was like um he he told me that he didn't play music until he joined Don Pedro's family. And <laughs> he said he would go out and fish with Don Pedro because they, they live on Lake Pátzcuaro. That's what a lot of people do is fish and farm. They would go out and fish. And when they would come back from fishing, Don Pedro would say, would get out his fiddle. And he said, come here. And he taught him how to play. It's like, you're part of the family. You play music with us. You know, a lot of his grandchildren play music and or dance. Yeah, I think it's all kind of bound together. About You know, he wrote songs for his granddaughters and he wrote a song called Recuerdo de los Trojes, which is about um, traditional Purepacha houses that mostly no longer exist. And that's kind of, that's kind of his, he's like recuperating old traditions, but making them new. That's what I think is so wonderful about him. And he was very, very, he really wanted to share that. He really wanted his tradition to continue. And I think, it, I think it is continuing and will continue. I I think that in answer to your question about whether he moved to Morelia for, for work, I know he worked, you know, for a long time he lived in Ichupio and he was basically a farmer and a fisher, like many people are. And um, he moved to Morelia. Um, I, I I don't know if this is why, but he moved to Morelia and now, um, and then started working as a craftsperson. He's a really skilled artisan He would make these, like woven animals and like Christmas ornaments and stars and different things out of basically straw. People would come play music with him because he would sit in there in the stall and play music too. Yo?
2: Yeah.
1: You know, the other thing that I was remembering, Peter, is that at Fiddle Tunes, one of the things that was really cool was that he got to meet all these other fiddlers. He 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 didn't really, like, go to a bunch of other concerts of other music and stuff like that. But one of the really cool things that happened the last time he came was that Frank Molloy, he's a fiddler from Georgia, right? Oh, He came up to Don Pedro in the cafeteria. And he said, you know, I had to translate all of this. And he said, you know, he said, I loved your music. It was so, it was so beautiful. And they sort of exchanged some pleasantries. And WB got this photo and there's this photo of them. Both of them have baseball caps on their head. And they're both like these elderly men who are these treasures, you know, they're like fiddler treasures. They have all this like repertoire. But basically, like recognizing each other, like I see you, basically. And later, when we on uh, the you know the last day or something, Frank came up again and he said, "Um, I'll be thinking about you and your music." And I thought that was pretty touching. I thought it was a really nice thing, you know, kind of a a moment that kind of showed what fiddle tunes was about because it kind of showed two different. Two different men who would never have met otherwise, but who both, you know, played music, keep trying to keep on traditions and you know, they just recognized each other. You know, the family uh, grave sites are in Sin Sun San, and so, you know, that's where they would go for the Day of the Dead, and that's where Don Pedro is buried now, too. His music is beautiful, yeah.
0: Peter McCracken and you've been listening to Crack in the Vault. I look at the life and times of Pedro Dimas. A while back I thought I have no fears anymore. I'm like good to go. And then later I thought of one. I don't want to outlive my children. But after thinking about Pedro and Erme all week, I now have another one. I don't want to die alone. I want to be with my friends and family. I want to give special thanks this week to Zadie Stavely and Bruce Reed for making a little time to be on the show. And uh, to Bonnie Zanow and Marla Streeter, Chris Reed and Jill Friedberg for keeping the flame burning. Last summer, Centrum commissioned Don Pedro to make a video of his music with dancers, wearing the costumes he designed, dancing the dances he choreographed. If you'd like to see it, it'll be on the Quarantine Happy Hour Facebook page this Sunday, January 31st at 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. You don't have to be on Facebook in order to see it. We're about out of time this week. Remember, enjoy every sandwich.